want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is where we are going to to anchor ourselves this morning as we um, consider the peace of God that can be ours. During this this Advent season, we've we've talked about the hope that is ours in Jesus, the, the faith that is ours in Jesus, and the joy that his arrival brings into our lives. And today, we want to explore this, this reality, this main idea that God's promise and power brings peace. God's promise and his power brings peace. So we're going to start by hearing from God's word. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, we're going to read all the way to verse 38. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word. God, as we sit here this morning hearing from you, we pray that you would speak directly to us, God, that our hearts would be soft to hear what you want to speak and to respond in faith. Lord, as we consider the peace that you bring this morning, I pray that each of us would just be able to take a deep breath and believe, Jesus, you are in control and you are good and you give peace. So, Father, would you do that work, I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, peace is is one of those feelings that um, it's kind of difficult to explain, but you know when you have it and you know when you don't, right? You know when you're at peace and you know when when you're not at peace. We were in London last week and um, I think we realized that half of the world might decide to go to London during Christmas season because... As we walked around the, the, the popular touristy um, destinations, I was enjoying the sights. I was, you know, thinking that's some cool architecture. It's, it's cool to see. Um, but one thing that I did not experience in those moments was peace. Why? Because we were pushing a stroller with a 10-month-old in the stroller. And um, we were pushing that stroller in a sea of people that I think was probably similar to um, 
the mass of humanity that was basically crossing the Red Sea that we read about in Egypt. Um, it was a mass of humanity. Everyone was, was on a mission, but in that situation, in Exodus, when they were crossing the Red Sea, uh, they were all going the same direction, right? They were going from one side to the other, crossing the Red Sea. Um, in London, everyone was going whichever direction they wanted to go. They drive on the left side of the road, but some people walk on the left side, some people walk on the right side, some people walk this way, some people walk the other way, um, and some people walk straight into us. So we're trying to push the stroller, people everywhere, um, and then on top of it, we had a backpack that had all of Brooks's supplies in it that we were trying to make sure wasn't going to get pickpocketed because sometimes when you're in a mass of humanity, people take things from you. So I was feeling vigilant. I was feeling um, on edge. I was feeling nervous. I was not feeling at peace. But then last Sunday, we decided to go to church in the area near where we were staying. And we took a, a little walk there and we arrived at the entrance. We were greeted at the door. Um, different individuals and families came up to us to, to meet us and hear where we were from. We, we sang some of the same songs that we sing here um, we listened as, as a Bible story was shared with the kids, um, just exactly like what, what Juan did um, this morning, except it was a woman doing it, and she had um, reindeer ears on because it was their joy Sunday as well. Um, we listened as, as God's word was preached. We, we took notes, and we, we learned from, from God's word. We, we prayed. We uh, interacted with other families, with um, children. And, and as we walked out of the church gathering that day, we're like, man, we feel peace. Like, we feel like we've just been at home. We've been with God's people. We've been worshiping our Savior. And, and even though we may not see any of these people again on this earth, we know that we're going to see them in glory when we're face-to-face -face with Jesus. And we felt such peace. And I'm sure you can think back on, on moments of your life where both of those realities have been true like there's there's some moments in all of our lives where we're like I don't feel any peace right now and then there are some moments in our lives where we can think like man I was really at peace in those moments and what we're going to consider today from God's word is this this reality that God can give us peace he can give us a an inner calm a freedom from worry even when all of the situations that are happening around us are crazy. Like we can have peace even when our lives feel as chaotic as those London streets felt to us. Even when we're, we're trying to get somewhere but it feels like everything that's in our way is an obstacle and, and it's hard to get around. Like we can even have peace in those moments. See, before the angel appeared to Mary that day, um, her life was, was relatively normal. She was a young woman. She was engaged to be married to this man named Joseph. She was certainly envisioning what her life was going to be like as, as she got married and they stepped into the future. But then one day, her whole world changed. Mary's going about her daily business. She's doing what she does. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears to her. The angel says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And the Bible says that her response is um, troubled. 
she's confused. Like, what, what does that greeting mean? What is happening to me? But before she could wonder for, for too long, the angel tells her why he's there. He tells her why she's favored. He says, you're going to have a son. His name's Jesus, and this son will reign over his people forever. But before telling her those things, he says, do not be afraid, Mary. And I don't know what your experience with sentences that start, do not be afraid, is, but um, oftentimes it seems like if you have to start a sentence with, don't be afraid, but... It means whatever is coming after that phrase is something that would and should probably invoke fear. Like, don't be afraid, but your house just caught on fire. Like, don't be afraid, but there's a spider crawling down your neck. Don't be afraid, but your coffee is spilling all over your white shirt. Hopefully none of those things are happening right now. I don't think they are. Um, and for Mary, I think her immediate response to hearing, do not be afraid, you're, you're going to have a son, and, and the son is going to save his people from their sins, would be a significant amount of fear, a significant amount of concern. Not, not so much for, for what the son is going to do in the future, but because of the fact that she's not married and she's pregnant. See, when Mary responds to this promise in verse 34, she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? You can imagine all that's going through her head because in, in that culture, getting pregnant when you were not married was severely punishable. Such a reality would certainly bring shame upon her family. It would bring disgrace to her and disgrace to Joseph. So she's hearing this reality like you're with child and she's considering, how am I going to tell Joseph? How will he possibly understand? How am I going to explain this in a way that doesn't make me sound completely crazy? And when I do tell him, is he going to leave me? Is he going to make me raise this child on my own? But then what about the town? How will the town respond? Will they kick me out? Will they fill my family with shame for generations? I've had such a good reputation in this town, and now is, is that going to shift in a moment? Is everyone going to think differently of me? You can, you can feel the weight of, of these thoughts, of these concerns that Mary is processing as she's asking the angel, how could this happen? What is going on? Why me? And the angel responds, verses 35 to 37, saying that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then he says, Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of her who was called barren, for nothing shall be impossible with God. So the angel does not answer or address all of her internal questions that she's for sure processing in these moments, but he does tell her, that this promise that God is making to her is a promise that will be fulfilled by God's power. God will be the one who puts the life in Mary's womb. Because God put that life there, he says, the child will be called the son of God. God will do it in his power. And then 
as another example of God's power, the angel says, your relative, Elizabeth, who has never been able to have kids, is also pregnant. She's six months pregnant. So you have this this reality in this moment. You have this young woman who has never been married and should not be able to, to be pregnant, who's now pregnant by the power of God. And then you have this old woman who has been married her whole life but has never been able to have children, also pregnant. And the angel sums it up, basically saying like, yeah, I know this is hard to believe. I know this sounds crazy, but nothing will be impossible with God. See, in the span of a few moments, Mary's life has completely changed. She's having a normal day, and then this angel shows up, which would be shocking. And then she finds out she's pregnant, which would be shocking. And then she's going to have a son who's going to be called the son of God. That would surprise you. And then also your old relative is, is pregnant. And all of this is happening as a result of the power of God. That's what she knows. That's what she's been told. God has made a promise. God said that his power will accomplish the promise that he has made. And while she hasn't yet fully seen it clearly in her life, she has a clear example as she will walk to Elizabeth's house and see, yes, indeed, she is pregnant. But she still doesn't know so many things. She still doesn't know how's Joseph going to respond. Will Joseph leave her? Will Joseph shame her? Will Joseph doubt her? Maybe... He'll marry her, but then he'll never trust her. She doesn't know about the community. Is the community going to reject her? Is the community going to see her walking around town? And are all the parents going to tell their kids, don't be like Mary? She doesn't know. But listen to her response in verse 38. It says that Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word it's powerful like she does not know what the future looks like she has so many unanswered questions and yet what she does know is she's a servant of the lord god is her king god is her master god is her lord she loves and she follows and she honors him she trusts god she serves god And so if this is what God has for her, she basically says, let it be. Let it be according to God's word, such peace. And what's so fascinating about about this is that all that's happening around Mary in this moment is chaos. Like, she's going to go and she's going to have to have a really awkward and difficult conversation with Joseph. She's going to have some really awkward interactions in the months ahead The road ahead is anything but straight and and easy. But knowing full well what awaits her, she responds with such peace. Her mentality is basically, well, if God said it, if this is what God has for me, then let it be. I trust him. I'm at peace. I think we can learn from, from Mary that for all of us who call God our Lord who call God our leader, our master, our king, then for us, God's promise and God's power brings peace even when everything that surrounds us is chaos. 
And the reason we can have that peace is because we have this, this inner trust in God that we understand God does not make mistakes. God is present even in our chaos. And I wonder how your heart is responding as you're, you're hearing this. Are you thinking, yes, yes, Lord, thank you for the peace that you've given me. You're, you're remembering moments in your life where it was crazy, but God gave you peace. And you're remembering that and thanking him for his promise and his power in your life. Or are you thinking, man, that peace would be so nice, but I just don't have it. I just, I just don't have that peace right now. I don't see how God is working and what I'm going through in this moment. And if that's you, I have two encouragements from God's word for you. The first would be that experiencing the peace of God is something that we will consistently grow in as we grow in our relationship with God. Like, it's, it's going to be a process of increasing peace. Like, if, if God's promises and believing God's promises are going to bring us peace then we need to know God's promises. We need to anchor ourselves in God's promises. And how do we get to know God's promises? We open up his word and we hear from him. See, as we open up the Bible, as we, we read God's word, we learn that God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. We learn that God promises that as far as the east is from the west, so far God has removed our sin from us. We learn that God promises that no height and no depth can separate us from his love. And I could go on and on about the promises that God makes, but as Christians, we need to know the promises of God. We need to know what he says and we need to believe what he says. Because like, do you see how, how peace can fill your heart no matter what you're going through when you realize even as I'm going through this, I know that God promises that he loves me, that he sees me, that he has not abandoned me, that my sins are forgiven, that I'm in a relationship with him, that nothing can separate me from his love. We have to know, but we also have to believe the promises of God. We're seeing this play out. One of my relatives is struggling in, in their health right now and, and truly could be nearing the end of life. And inevitably, a lot of the feelings that are, that are happening are, are feelings that are the opposite of peace, right? Suffering, discomfort, pain, fear. But what has brought us a lot of peace? Not looking at the situation, but remembering the promises of God. See, we truly experience peace as we consider this reality that there is an eternity awaiting us where there's no suffering, there's no discomfort, there's no pain, there's no sadness. All of those things are gone. Everything that is broken in this world is restored. The, the presence of God that we experience in, in tastes here is going to be the full meal. It's going to be completely and fully ours. See, when we know that an eternity in the perfect presence of God is what's awaiting us, then peace can fill our hearts today. Our light and momentary afflictions are nothing when compared to the weight of glory that is awaiting us. 
But if those things are true, but I don't believe them, then it doesn't benefit me. See, church, we have to actively believe the promises of God if we want to experience his peace. Because they're there, but if we don't grab them, then we're not going to know them. And so, Christian, follower of Jesus, if you're longing for peace, I invite you, open up your Bible. Read the promises of God. Believe the promises of God. They're not some dead words on a page. They're spoken from the very voice of our living God. We can cling to his promises. We can be filled with his peace. That's a way that God's promises bring us peace. But I also want to show you how God's power brings peace too. Remember we talked about Joseph? Like Mary had been told these things and she's wondering, how in the world am I going to communicate them with my fiance? How am I going to tell him that I'm pregnant and that it's God's kid? Well, God took care of that. God took care of that conversation. Listen to the Gospel of Matthew now, chapter 1. Verses 19 through 25. It says that Mary's husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. See, Mary is, is hearing these things, and she has no idea how Joseph is going to respond, what her future with Joseph looks like. But God was working behind the scenes in a way that Mary had absolutely no idea about. God was speaking to Joseph in a very similar to way to how he had spoken to Mary and Joseph, like Mary, responds in faith, takes the angel at his word, and decides to stay with Mary. I think this is God's power on display for us. See, Mary, in all of her convincing of Joseph, could have only gotten so far. In fact, we just read what Joseph's plan was after he had talked to Mary. Mary had, had given this, this explanation of what happened, and it says that Joseph was, you know, he heard it, but he planned to divorce her quietly, to not make a big scene about it, but to divorce her and then to move on with his life. That's what Mary's convincing did for Joseph. But all of that changed the moment that God showed up in power and spoke to Joseph. See, in that moment, God gave Joseph this peace because he knew and he loved God. And he knew that God's promises could be trusted. And if God revealed himself that way to Mary, then surely he could be trusted to do the same for him. See, each of us have, have areas in our life where, where peace is 
it seems fleeting, right? Finances, relationships, school, work, house projects. God help us in house projects. Life so often can seem like it's out of control. And oftentimes how we, we, we respond is like, if, if I could just get control of what's happening, then surely I will have peace. But what we saw today is that what happened to Mary and to Joseph was 100% outside of their control. They did not pray and say, God, would you please um, give us your son before we're married? Because that'd be really cool. They didn't do that. God chose to do this work. God made it possible for this life to, to grow in Mary's womb. God appeared to both of them in dreams to explain what he was doing. And the peace that they experienced came not because they had control of the situation, but because they trusted the one who did. They trusted their Lord. They trusted God has control over all things, and the result of that trust is that their heart had peace. The same can be true for us. Like, we don't have much control in this life. Even the things that we think we have control over, it seems like control can be gone in just a moment. But we know that the truth of the scripture is that there is a God in heaven who has control and power over all things. Nothing is outside of his authority. He spoke the world into existence, so truly nothing is impossible for God. So perhaps the key to experiencing the peace of God in our life is by letting go. It's by acknowledging I don't have control and I don't need it. Because I'm entrusting myself, I'm entrusting my life into the hands of an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, kind, and present God. You can hear the promises of God and you can believe them. You can entrust your heart to him. And if you do, like Mary, you can stand confident in life because you know, I am not the one who's in charge, but my Lord is. He's the master. I'm the servant. He's the father. I'm the child. And wherever the master leads us, wherever our Lord leads us, whatever our Lord calls us into, we can respond and say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. So let it be to me according to your word. As we close, I, I want to make an invitation to those in here who, who do not yet trust in this Jesus. You've, you've heard a lot about peace this morning. You've heard a lot about the the reality that God can, can give us peace, but before we can experience the peace of God by, by believing his promises and by trusting in his power, we first need to have peace with God through Jesus. See, this, this baby that was promised to Mary was born and, and grew. He lived a sinless life, and after... 30-some years, he, he died for the sins of the world. He was buried for three days, and God raised him from the dead. He, he walked then on the earth for, 
for 40 days. He taught about the kingdom of God. He appeared to many. He ascended into heaven. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back. And he will rule and he will reign forever. That's what happened to the baby that was promised to Mary. That's how God would save his people from their sins. Now the Bible is clear that anyone who will turn away from sin and place all of their faith and all of their trust in this Jesus will have their sins forgiven. Will be in a relationship with God for all eternity. And the result of that is that we go from being enemies of God who who are living as his foes to people who become his sons and his daughters who have peace with God through the blood of Jesus. So if you'll place your faith in him, you will have peace with God. You'll enter into this eternal relationship with God. And because you have peace with God, you will begin to experience the peace of God in your life. So that no matter what you go through, whether your life feels like a a walk in the park on a beautiful day like today, or your life feels like trying to trek through London with a stroller, a kid, a backpack, a wife, and a million other people. You can have peace knowing that God is with you, he loves you, he's present, and he's powerful. We're not in control, but we can have relationship with the one who is. He's your heavenly father, you're his child, he loves you, and he wants you to trust him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are trustworthy. God, that we're not just um, reading about, about some promise that was, that was never kept. But as we read these words, as we consider this promise that you made to a real person, we also realize the fact that you fulfilled your promise. That she did give birth to a son. That that son did save his people from their sins, that that son is ruling and reigning. So God, if you can make a promise that the unmarried virgin will conceive and and have a son and fulfill that promise, surely you can fulfill the promises that you've made in our lives. Nothing will be impossible for you. God, I pray that you will do a work in our church you do a work in each and every one of our hearts that truly believes this. Lord, that we truly know who you are and who we are and that we would consider your promises and trust. That we would consider your power and believe and that God, no matter what we're going through, no matter the chaos of this life, that your peace would be ours. As we acknowledge we don't have control, but you do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to just invite us to respond by continuing this conversation with the Lord. We've just spent 20-some minutes hearing from God through his word. I want to give us an opportunity to respond to to what we've heard. So we're going to share some prayer prompts as, as we often do and just invite you to, 
to pray and to be honest with your father. His presence and his power is, is true and is real and is active. And he invites us to come to him as children with faith. So the first prayer prompt I want to invite us to just respond to God is, God, because I have peace with you through Jesus, I know How would you continue that sentence? Consider the fact that you, follower of Jesus, have peace with God through Jesus. You are not his enemy, you are his friend. What does that mean? us into a time of just honest confession before our fathers we consider peace we acknowledge that there are areas in our life where we don't have peace as we sit here today and God wants to know about it he wants us to be honest with him and and share God these are the areas where I don't have peace and I just want to tell you I don't have peace right now invite you in just, just a time of honesty with, the God, with God. God, I confess that I do not have peace in these areas of my life. Let him meet you in this place. As, as those areas are coming to mind the, the invitation from the Father would be to consciously let go of control of those areas so I invite you as you consider the, the things that potentially you're, you're trying to grab so hard thinking if I just control them then I'll have peace I want to invite you to give them to the Father God I let go of control of trust those areas to our Father. I just want to invite you to pray a simple 
sentence in faith of God, I receive your peace right now. Receive his peace. So Father, we thank you that you meet us with your peace. Lord, as we pray, we're not talking to the air, we're engaging with our Father in heaven. Who's faithful, powerful, and kind. So fill us with your peace. We receive your peace.